You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm ready to discuss some uh, Cowboys visitors. Yeah, so coming up on today's show, uh, we take a look at some of the names the Cowboys are bringing in for their 30 visits. Uh, we know that the Cowboys do not waste these visits. The odds uh, that the their first-round pick is going to be a 30-visit are pretty good, um, as well as a lot of their other picks. We've had over the years many, many of their visitors end up being uh, draft picks. We do not have the entire list of 30 names yet. Um, I am, I'm going to assume that by the time the draft gets here, we'll know um, every single year we, we somehow figured out the list. But we have a pretty good chunk so far, and we wanted to run down through some of these names and let's go ahead and get started. We're going to look at these by positional groups. And that's really the best way to do that because it shows you which position the Cowboys might be targeting in the early rounds. Um, let's go ahead and start with offensive linemen. Uh, the Cowboys right now have at least, um, I'm trying to look at my list right now, they have four guys that we know of for sure are going to come in uh, and visit with the team. And another one who is going to work out, and that's Austin Corbett, uh, the guard from Nevada. But let's talk about these four names that the Cowboys will have in their facility over the next couple of weeks. It's guard or uh, and center James Daniels from Iowa. Uh, guard Will Hernandez uh, from UTEP. Tackle Colton Miller from UCLA. And today the name that we got was Connor Williams from Texas. Landon, what do you think about this group Overall, are these guys that you're interested in, do they seem like they all kind of have the same style? What do you think about these four names? Well, you know, they're all they're all kind of, uh, you know, interesting and different. Uh, and actually, you know, his name is not on here, but I would be shocked if we get through this whole thing and they don't at least kick the tires on, on Isaiah Wynn as well. Um, I have a but, quick thought uh, on Wynn. Really, really, really quick. Go for it, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. I talked to somebody today about Paul Alexander, um, the Cowboys offensive line coach, and they said, don't be surprised if Isaiah Wynn isn't a visit because typically they like guys that have a little bit more strength. Um, it, this is going to sound really weird, but one of the ways that Paul Alexander judges strength is by your your handshake, and it's 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 odd. But Isaiah Wynn is not known as the most powerful uh, offensive lineman. He's more of a technician. Um, he's yeah. athletic. I wouldn't be surprised if Isaiah Wynn is not a visit. Wow, well that's that's uh, interesting added. That so thank you for that. Um, uh, you know, so going off what we have here. Um, I think that you've got uh, an interesting blend of guys because they're they're not necessarily all stylistically the same. I mean, I think you know James Daniels and and Will Hernandez, both are interior specifically guys, but but both of them I would say are on the opposite ends of the spectrum from each other to a sure. certain degree. Um, so I would I think uh, I think that you know what's what's interesting when you look at this group is that. All of these guys, with the exception of Colton Miller, um, I th I think look to be immediately 
I would I would hope to be immediately walk in starters at, at at left guard. Um, you know, and I think that I think that the question now becomes, um, does Colton Miller's inclusion on here uh, indicate that they are just seeing you know kind of what. You know, what what's available in the tackle market in, in case they get wiped out at other positions? I do like that they're going heavy on offensive linemen and heavy on these you know first and second round type of offensive linemen. I, to me, it makes it makes it seem like the, if if the right guy falls them at nineteen, they're not going to have a problem at all pulling the trigger on a guard. Um, I don't think they think that they have too many resources invested in that position. And if Will Hernandez is the best player on the board, I don't think they're going to hesitate at all to take a guard at 19. Yeah, and I, I think they really shouldn't because I think they're going to have a lot of great choices there depending on the way things fall. And and look, I, I talked about this with, uh, I think it was either Jonah or John last week. You know, I've always viewed James Daniels as my, like, worst case scenario and, and this makes it sound like I don't like Daniels I actually love Daniels but I, I always view James Daniels as okay everything goes the worst possible way for us we're stuck at 19 we're wiped out of guys that we think that are you know uh, you know exceptional or elite first round talent guys that we hope would fall to us um, we can't find any trade back um, opportunities I, I think that the thing that makes me sleep better at night about our choices at 19 is that I feel like James Daniels is likely to be there at 19. Yes, I agree. And, and, I, and I think that at the very worst, they get there, they're like, okay, well, things definitely did not fall our way, uh, you know, but uh, James Daniels is still there. We still got a guy who I feel like could probably come in and start immediately and, and not only that, but be an upgrade at the position from what you had all of last year. All right, can you rank those four offensive linemen in the order that you would take them between Will Hernandez, James Daniels, Colton Miller, and Connor Williams? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Connor Williams is kind of the interesting uh, name in there because I, I, I would kind of hope to know what they view him as. Um, I, I, I can see – at first it took me a while to kind of see the Connor Williams at guard thing. Um, but it makes sense the more you watch it really does the the more I see it the more it kind of makes sense I don't really love it though I mean I don't I mean I don't know that like I I think you're trying to find a a tweener guy a position I don't know I I, I think he'll be good he'll be a good player there I don't know that like you're going to get uh, first round returns on him as a a guard let me make the argument for Connor Williams really quickly uh, we know that this team loves college left tackles. I think at one point they had six college left tackles on their team when they had Chaz Green and Doug Free and Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith and Ronald Leary. We know that they want that athleticism from their guards. So getting a guy that has this experience playing tackle, um, that they can kick inside the guard, and you know, at the worst case scenario, he becomes your swing tackle or whatever this year. I think that's valuable, and I think we need to really, really come to the conclusion that the Cowboys want guys that are former left tackles because it typically means they have the athleticism and the balance and the feet to play the guard position in the NFL. I also think that Austin Corbett can give you that same thing at fifty, and I guess like I, I don't it's know. It's a great I, point. I feel like I just I feel like uh, well, I mean, to answer your question, I would rank him um, Hernandez, um, uh, 
me personally, I'd rank him Hernandez, uh, Daniels, Williams, Miller. Okay, and that's and that's what I have too. So, it, again, Austin Corbett's a guy that we need to keep an eye on, and we'll we'll be watching out to see what happens with Isaiah Wynn and see if he's a thirty visit. Uh, let's move on to the receiver position. Um, it's no secret that the Cowboys are hunting receivers. And you can tell that with their 30 visits. They are bringing in a lot of the top receivers in the class. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a 30 visit. DJ Moore, it was announced today that he will be a 30 visit. Uh, Christian Kirk, the receiver from Texas A&M, is a 30 visit. The Cowboys special team coach, I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, went to Texas A&M. Yeah, went to Texas A&M, worked him out on special teams. Um, and they have another guy named Darius Fountain, who is more of a late-round pick. Um, but they are hunting receivers. Um, I made this point to you on Twitter. I, I don't love uh, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. They're just not my favorite type of players. But when I see that group of Ridley, DJ Moore, and Christian Kirk, to me, what that means is the Cowboys are changing up what they want in their receiving core. Um, no longer are they looking for these guys that have to be six foot two, 220 pounds that can run down the field and block. They are looking for guys that can create quick separation and can make plays after the catch. And that's what all three of those receivers do. Uh, I, I think it's smart to get Dak receivers that make sense with him. Um, and, and it's encouraging to see, even though I'm not big fans of Ridley and Kirk, but it's encouraging to see. What do you think about these group of receivers? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, kind of breaking the mold a little bit from, uh, you, you know, I think as they start to maybe transition away or or at least maybe incorporate principles outside of the Coriel system. I think it's, it's important to adjust the, the prototype for the receivers you want in, in there. And I think it started as early as realizing that they had a good player in Cole Beasley. And even though that he didn't necessarily fit the, the prototype of what they like in their offense, they kept him and, and, and I think they had learned their lesson from uh, Amendola. And, and so I think that they've learned to evolve a little bit on what they um, what they look for at wide receiver to kind of uh, as they've expanded their offense and uh, made it a little more close to what Dak wants. They've expanded the the parameters or or at least altered the parameters of what they look for in a, in a wide receiver. So um, you know, kudos to them to, to adjust. And I think you know all these guys uh, are valuable. In uh, when when deployed in a way that 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 leverages the way that they win, and I think that you know Calvin Ridley, despite wh- how you feel about you know several different aspects about him, mm-hmm. I feel very confident that I could put Calvin Ridley out there as you know on a as as a number two receiver as a Z, um, and he could win in versus coverage, you know, right now in the NFL. Um, be, because I think he comes in, because he comes as well. I think he could play a yeah, slot right away. I, I do away. too. I, I think our issues with whether or not Calvin Ridley should be a first round in our debate between the two of us has more to do with where are you getting the value of return sure. in a, a number one wide receiver in Calvin Ridley? I, I don't know if you can, but I think neither one of us would argue that this that guy is ready to come in and run routes against NFL cornerbacks and win. I think like you know, I think it's more of can he be a dominant wide receiver? That's really the question. So, uh, and DJ Moore, this is a guy who I think you know his ceiling 
that 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 range is a little broader, right? Like the ceiling is higher than Calvin Ridley's just by, based on athleticism and such. But I feel like the floor is also lower because you. I mean, he's athleticism, but he's also. Um, you know, probably not the most refined route runner yet, and he's had issues with concentration, you know, drops before. So, I think I how think, dare you, you know, say something bad about DJ Moore? I, well, how dare I know, you? I, I know, I know how dare me. But I, I, I think you know, look, the, the fact that they're looking at both of these guys who are both, you know, six feet barely probably and and christian kirk again you know more diminutive more of a a speed and and and, dangerous yak guy um i think the fact that they're looking at these guys more seriously means that okay they're looking at a different breed of of player at the position they're looking at a a different archetype or at, at the very least expanding what was uh you know, a pretty extremely narrow view of of what they should be bringing in at wide receiver previous to this. And one other quick name on offense that the Cowboys will bring in for a visit is Naheem Hines, the running back slash receiver from North Carolina State. Uh, he's a guy that you probably would have to get somewhere between the third and fifth round. Um, that's a guy that can play special teams, that can do a lot of the Lance Dunbar stuff that they didn't have last year, and potentially the Lucky Whitehead stuff that they didn't have last year as well. So just another guy to keep uh, keep in mind, um, and real quick uh, about Hines, they were kind of searching for this player last year too, and they they ended up not getting it. They wanted uh, Curtis Samuel in the second round. Uh, he was one of their 30 visits, did not get a chance to draft him. They wanted Donnell Pumphrey, the running back from San Diego State in the fourth round, and the Eagles jumped up ahead of them, and the Cowboys had to settle for Ryan Switzer. So they've been hunting this position. I would not be surprised if they make it a priority to go get somebody like that um, you know, maybe early on day three this year. Um, let's go ahead and talk about defense. Uh, the Cowboys only have one defensive lineman coming in for a visit as of right now, and it's Vita Vea, a guy that we talked about on our podcast yesterday. Um, we don't need to talk about Vea's game uh, in depth because we covered it yesterday on the show, talking about the one technique position. You can do that. But do you find it interesting that Vea is the only guy that they have right now on the defensive line coming in? I, I mean, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to find out that they, um, you know, maybe add a guy or two later. But, you know, I, I think uh, you, you have to look at I, most of these picks are likely their, you know, their first first round or potentially some second round picks in there. And so, uh, you know, if you, if you kind of narrow down the kind of guys that they're going to pick um, – I think it, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of defensive linemen that are going to be available at the at their picks that are also the kind of players that they would pick. Sure. So um, I, I, I I I definitely don't think this will be the only visit from a defensive lineman that we'll see. Um, I, I think that they'll definitely add some more. Um, but I, I think the fact that it, it was a guy that we specifically were not sure if if he would be. Uh, uh, it's interesting. The Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys type. Uh, th- that's, yeah, that is interesting. But yep. uh, the fact that we don't know more about the defensive lineman yet is not, I guess, all that surprising. The other thing that I find interesting is last year they had about 14 or 15 
defensive lineman coming in for visits, which was just insane. Um, but I think it kind of tells you that maybe they're a little bit more comfortable with their defensive line unit that they have right now compared to what they were last year. Um, I think they like a lot of their young guys. I think they're eager to see um, some of these veteran guys that they picked up in Dayton Jones and Brian Price. Uh, I think they're in a much better place about their defensive line compared to last year. Um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, and I think that, you know, as far as the defensive end spots, you already got Lawrence. You know, I think I'm, the what you're talking about on, is really right defensive end, guys. Taco is probably going to either be a left or right defensive end, hopefully more on the left side. Um, and I think, you know, we talk about Tappers coming back from injury, and he show, he really kind of showed you some stuff early in the season. I think he only played like two or three games, but he was able to manage a sack on limited snaps. Um, uh, they, they, you know, like him or not, Ty- Tyrone Crawford gave you some good snaps at right defensive end and offers you something a little bit different there. Uh, and he, I mean, clearly has a position on the team and he isn't going anywhere. And then the, announced a little bit more today that, that, that Randy Gregory seems to be on track mm. to, uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, this is not something that we should necessarily count on, but it is relevant because you, you know, I mean, if he makes it back from all this, He's a guy that you're definitely going to have to figure in, depending on what his level of, uh, you know, shape is. But the, I mean, he's one of those guys too that I feel like he doesn't necessarily need. I I know for a fact that he's working out, he's staying in shape, but he also doesn't. He's also one of those guys that's so kind of just naturally freakish that like I really don't think it would. It's unreasonable to think that he could come back after not playing football for two years and just kind of pick up where he was or maybe you know after a while at least after right. a training camp or something and, and so the point is, is that they've got they've got a lot of options and a lot of guys they like on a, di- a lot of different levels so they have a lot of things invested here already so it, i can understand if they just decide you know unless they someone that blows them away like maybe vita Vey, and that's what they're trying to figure out why they wouldn't necessarily want to invest another high draft pick right away on the defensive line I'm going to make a, a bold statement. I want you to tell me if you agree or disagree. If Randy Gregor comes back and he's even 90% of what he was before he left, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind he's a top three defensive lineman on this roster. Is is that an overstatement? Oh, no. Absolutely okay. not. If he's 90% of what he of what he was, I mean, at times, like the problem is, is that he never got any forward momentum playing, but even then, like even in spot play, like you, you mean he would, you know, he would not play for, you know, months at a time, and then show up and beat Jason Peters inside for a tackle for a loss, and I mean, like do crazy stuff. So, yeah, like if if he, I, I would say not only that 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 he would be a top three defensive lineman on this team roster, likely, depending on where Tapper is, but. I think that you know by the if he's able to play the whole season by the end of the season, he could be playing you know potentially I'm not guaranteeing this and I, this is outrageous. You want a hot take, but he could be playing like a top five defensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah, he's I mean, got he's that, that kind of ability. Kind of, he's yes. that kind of talent. He is a freak of nature and, and a rare athlete. And and what he does doesn't go away like that. Flex. I mean, he does, but. It do, it doesn't because he was smoking weed at home, you know. What I'm saying like, sure, you know, his flexibility and his ability to turn speed to power, like that's about his physical his phys, physical makeup, and that is such a rare attribute that he has that I really don't think that it would take a lot for him to get back to where he needed to compete. Just give him one training camp, and he'll be ready to go. Um, all right, the next position that we're going to talk about is linebacker. 
and the Cowboys are doing their work with the linebackers. They have we we've talked about Leighton Vander Esch. He's going to be a visit. The linebacker from Boise State, uh, Rashawn Evans, the linebacker from Alabama, will be a visit. The Cowboys sent the whole entire front office and coaching staff to Alabama. Um, there's a number of guys, but Evans was certainly a guy that they have interest in. Uh, it was announced today that Malik Jefferson will be coming in for a workout or visit. I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but he will be in Dallas over the next couple of weeks. Um, and Darius Leonard, a linebacker from South Carolina State, who you can probably get somewhere between the third and fourth round. Uh, probably a guy that you're going to want to keep on just nickel situations. But what do we think about specifically Vander Esch, Evans, and Jefferson in the linebacking core. Are you okay spending a high pick on a linebacker that might not start right away? I I don't love it. Like, I mean, if, you know, Roquan Smith is one thing. But, uh, you know, with, with both Evans and Vander Esch, it's like uh, I don't uh, – I don't hate the pick – but I also don't like. I don't. Why are we spending feel... a, a top twenty pick on a guy that ideally wouldn't play in nickel situations this year? Uh, you know, I mean, I I think I don't know. I, I don't really have a good answer for it because I I, I feel like the the issue is is that you know first of all you're reaching for a position that I don't feel like you need. You know, like I don't. I, agree. I, 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 I think you could take a linebacker. I have no issue with taking another linebacker, especially you know even in the second or third round. But um, I just have a feeling that like there's gonna be better players at other positions that I feel like could use a talent injection um, than linebacker. Now maybe they know something we don't know about Sean Lee, you know, or or you know because maybe or Jalen is. It, yeah, or maybe yeah, or or you know, maybe there's something there that they feel like they need to get another linebacker in here. I mean, the other thing is is that obviously they feel like they can and this is what I the whole hullabaloo over Jalen Smith was about the Sam linebacker thing is that they also feel like that's an option. Like they they could if they got another linebacker, they could find a way to play a little bit more uh three line, you know, base defense. Um you know, which honestly is not the worst idea, even if you can do it. You know, versus in today's NFL. You know, like if you've got three incredibly athletic linebackers, you you might be able to run that against eleven personnel in some situations. So, um, but I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, I, I feel like there's going to be more talented players at other positions where you need it more uh, available to these guys. Um, I think they have interest in Van Der Esch and Rashawn Evans, but I, I keep coming back to this. I, I know a lot of people think that Van Der Esch is going to be the pick as of right now on March 28th, but how often is the guy that we're talking about on March 28th actually the pick when we get to the end of April? Not very often. My guess is that there's a bunch of teams at the bottom of the first round uh, especially Pittsburgh who need linebackers I'm wondering if Dallas isn't working out some of these guys on the Saints or another team to potentially you know maybe set in motion a trade later on on draft day if you know if just one of these linebackers between Van Der Esch and Evans is available at 19 maybe teams start getting nervous at the bottom of the first round and they know that Dallas has interest in some of these guys wouldn't be shocked to see uh, teams come up to try to get one of these um, I, I think 
I think there's going to be better players on the board. I think this is kind of like a you know a last ditch effort. If there's nobody else available, we'll take Rashawn Evans and we'll plug him in as our middle linebacker and we'll see what happens. Uh, so just something tells me that linebacker is not going to be the pick in the first round when the Cowboys get there, unless they move up for Roquan. Uh, and we need to have a different discussion about Roquan some other day because I'm not exactly sure where he fits on this defense, but. Uh, the last guy that I want to talk about is a safety, Deshaun Elliott um, from Texas. Not sure if he's an actual visit or if he's a guy that is going to be a Dallas Day uh, participant, but he is really a strong safety guy that has maybe uh, a potential to develop into a, um, a, a deep center fielder. But overall with this list, Landon, what is this list telling you? Is it telling you that the Cowboys, the odds are pretty good they're going to take a offensive guard or receiver in the first round? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think just kind of putting my odds down now, the idea is that unless there is, um, you know, and look, here's the other thing. that they, I, I'm not ruling out the idea that, that they would trade up for a guy, you know, whether it be Roquan or Derwin James or whatever. Um, but yes, I feel like as far as at 19, they, f- they have to feel confident that, um, there is a, uh, uh, you know, a, an offensive lineman or a receiver that they're going to like. And I also feel like, you know, just by looking at this list, I also kind of have to feel like they w- w- would really rather trade back, you know, they'd really rather, you know, go back and, and see what they could get um, in the late rounds. I, you know, I think you know if you look at some of these guys like Evans and Vander Esch, and um, uh, you know, I think maybe DJ Moore not so much anymore. Maybe because he's Christian kind Kirk. of rising. I think Kirk rising, is one of those Christian guys. Though. Kirk, I think Kirk is definitely a, a late first round guy, and, and I think Colton Miller and Connor Williams and Hernandez and Daniels all are actually you know could easily be there in the late rounds, you know, in the late, in the later first round. I mean, see, here's um, the thing. You think it's a trade back, but I actually think it's the other way. I think it's a trade up from 50. Uh, my guess is they're going to want to get two, sure, okay. two, yeah, two I mean, that, that's, really that's good starters. Possible. Yeah. And that's, that's not the worst idea. I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I think that, you know, the idea of now I, what, what, We've seen oh, them do prefer- that before. We've seen them trade uh, up to that 34, 35 spot a couple times now. Yeah, I, what I would prefer, I mean, I would like to see how what, what you're paying to trade up, because like, if Let's it's, say it's for a, two a guard, or three. if it's for a guard, like, I mean, like you're you trade like it better be Hernandez or Daniels, like you know, and falling out of possible. the first round or falling near the possible. end of the first round. Well, if that's possible, then yeah, I'll do that. But I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I honestly I think that they're not uh their bottom line is that they are looking at targets I think at guys in the middle of the first round but also guys that could potentially be there in the, the la- latter part of the first round uh in case they're able to get there whether it's back or trading up. Yeah, it wouldn't su- uh, surprise me if they went with uh you know, Will Hernandez at 19 and if Christian Kirk is available at 34, 
35, if they give up 50 and 81 to make sure that they get the receiver they want, that wouldn't surprise me at all. We've seen this team is very aggressive on day two, moving around to get who they want. Uh, they've done it with Demarcus Lawrence. They did it with Sean Lee. Uh, it would not shock me at all. But that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.